0: You're listening to the Astrology Hub Podcast, practical wisdom for living your life on purpose. Hello and welcome to the Astrology Hub Podcast. With me today is Master Teacher of Astrology, Donna Woodwell. And with me is Amanda Pua Walsh, the founder of Astrology Hub. And today we have a really special episode planned for any of you who are feeling the intensity of the energy right now. And wondering what is going on. I know I've had those moments and I actually know what's going on. And I'm still saying what is going on. So you're not alone if you're feeling that. And even if you're tuning into this later in the year, the truth is what we're talking about today with eclipse energy is something that we'd all be smart to learn how to work with. We have five eclipses this year. So this is like an especially heavy eclipse year. But the truth is we have eclipses cyclically every six months all the time. So it's really important that we learn how to work with this because when we work with the energy consciously, we can really use eclipses as powerful portals of transformation instead of portals of pain, which they can also feel like. Um, You know, Donna, I really began understanding the power of eclipses during the great American eclipse in the summer of 2017. I remember you warning me about it for years before this eclipse even happened, but nothing could have prepared me for the intensity of that experience.
1: This is one of those times when you say, "I told you so." <laughs> yeah, Oh, absolutely. Well, you,
0: you. I deserve that. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that more in a moment, um, but if you're curious to hear about the eclipses that were the eclipse series that we're in right now, um, and this, you know, we're calling it a, a eclipse portal because it's a time in between the new and full moon eclipse. Uh, you can tune into the forecast that we did on Monday, and that is going to give you some more information about this specific eclipse series that we're in. And before we dive into the eclipses, I would be remiss if I didn't extend you an invitation To the free 2019 forecast marathon event that is still happening. So we're on the third day today. It's not too late for you to join us. The event is completely free. We're featuring 13 astrologers who are going to give you key challenges, important dates, important opportunities, things to be paying attention to as we embark upon 2019. So if you haven't registered, please do so. It's astrologyhub.com slash 2019. Even if you can't join us today, if you register, we'll know to send you the re- the limited time recording. So please go ahead and register. You can catch up on the first two days when we send out the recordings um, and have access to that through the weekend. So we'd love to have you, astrologyhub.com slash 2019. All right, Donna, let's dive in. Why are eclipses such a big deal for astrologers? And why should all of us be paying attention when they happen?
1: Oh, Amanda, that is an excellent question. You know, as an astrologer, when you just start learning astrology, you don't necessarily think about things like eclipses. They're not, you know, they're not one of the 12 zodiac signs. They're not a planet. And yet, they're probably the most visually stunning thing that happens in the sky. I mean, anybody who takes the time to go outside and watch one of the total lunar eclipses and having this the moon turn this eerie blood red color, or if you happen to Have made the journey, the pilgrimage to watch the 2017 eclipse that went right across the middle of the United States. It is an unforgettable experience. Here on Earth, it's the only place in the entire solar system where we have this kind of illusion of the alignment between the sun and the moon and the earth to create these stunning shadows. So, they're a major deal for astrologers and for all people on Earth. Simply because when we do astrology, we talk in terms of above and below. So what happens above is like what happens below, and what happens below is like what happens above. And at these moments, um, we have historical accounts of encountering major turning points in history. And so there's something magical about these moments that tap us into our very deepest core, our deepest fears, and our need to evolve and change and do something new. And so as the astrologer Susan Miller likes to say, eclipses are moments when we cross bridges and then we turn around and we burn the bridge behind us so that we are we are forced to go forward and not allow ourselves to slide back into some other way of doing things. So of course they're a big deal. Yeah, you know,
0: I after that 2017 eclipse, actually on the day of the Great American Eclipse, I experienced several very significant breakups you know relationships that I had been in um breaking apart and it really was that uh, that moment like you just said where it's like okay this these bridges are burned and now there's like it's this moment where we're looking forward and it's like okay everything's different now you know the landscape's different and I need to move forward in this new way and the other thing about that 27 eclipse, 2017 it wasn't just the breakups but it was also I was given an opportunity to really like step into my personal power and to experience that part of myself and actually with with a couple thousand of you witnessing if you were a part of that great American eclipse event that we did we got to actually experience all that together so it was it was amazingly powerful and just nothing like I ever would have scripted or anticipated and then it's it's been this thing where like there's glimpses. I feel like I caught glimpses of a theme that will be unfolding throughout the next several years. But like in that moment, it was really condensed and and, and it was all happening at a real intense pace.
1: Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense to me. I mean, you know, we, we joke behind the scenes at Astrology Hub that we kind of stand at the front and tell the universe to, okay, bring it. And so as we talk about all of these events and the impacts it has on you know, uh, our tribe and your lives, these are happening to us too. And that's what makes this journey so powerful is that we also are living this script where, you know, relationships are coming into our lives and leaving our lives and we're looking up going, oh my gosh, I, I mean, we talk about it in theory, but then once these moments catch up to us, we live them and breathe them. And so I don't. I, it's one of the best things about doing the work we do with Astrology Hub is I feel like we have companions on our journey. Well, we do.
0: We're in one of those eclipse portals right now. So, And I remember uh, Maurice Fernandez, one of the astrologers that we featured last year in our inner circle, he was talking about how eclipse portals are like time out of time. So it can feel like time is really either slowed down or time is really intensified and sped up, but that it's like a little bit of a otherworldly experience and and an opportunity for us to like really tune into the themes and the patterns and the the things that are happening in our lives and and recognizing that they're really, we need to be paying attention right now. We need to be paying attention to the things that are coming up. There's a lot of karmic um, consequences. And for me, it feels like, you know, the themes, the karmic themes like are under a magnifying glass. And so it's like, okay, pay attention to that. How can you make different choices this time so that the outcome is, is different and more desirable than the thing that you've been experiencing over and over? Are you finding
1: that too, Donna? Uh, absolutely. And I, I think about it a little bit differently, but similar. So have you ever had moments when you've had dreams and you are more aware that you're dreaming? When we are in the middle of an eclipse season, that's what I think it starts to feel like, especially when you're watching these over and over again, that there's this sort of dream reality, but it's not a dream like a fantasy. It's the dream reality where you realize that, at least from an astrological perspective, everything happens on the astral We call it the astral because it's where astrology happens. It's not an accident that we use that word astral. And so when we're in the middle of eclipse season, we have conscious access because we're in shadow and that's how we experience the astral to that layer of reality where reality itself is being created. So on the one hand, Since we have access to that deeper layer, our choices take on a whole heightened importance because we can swing the balance one way or the other and create a new path for ourselves. But on the flip side, you know, everyone knows that dreams are hard, especially if you're not working with them on a regular basis. They're where we keep all of our fears and, you know, the monsters of our lives if we're not exercising those monsters. And so it's a potent place of creativity, but it's also a place where we have to confront those nightmare images that we're creating. And if we have courage and we can hold hands and do it together, it's it can create profound changes in your life or you can hide under the bed. You know, there's always a choice in astrology.
0: I feel like every time I try to hide, hide under the bed, something pulls me out by the feet like kicking and screaming. I'm like not allowed to hide under the bed. I'm, I'm sure many of you can relate with that. That's probably why you're listening to this podcast.
1: <laughs> you know, someone asked me that question when we did our big eclipse course last year, or, I mean 2017. They were concerned that if they were out watching the eclipse that the, the impacts would be more intense on them. And I said, well, I, again, you can hide under the, under the bed, but it's not going to prevent the eclipse from happening. So I, I think whoever's trying to pull you out may be a little one of your soul friends going, hey, hey, look, it's happening. Let's watch it and do it consciously. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so let's get a little bit
0: technical in terms of like what eclipses actually are. I mean, the regular occurrences. Tell us about the frequency and, and what's actually happening when we're
1: part of an eclipse season. Yeah, I think it's always helpful for people to understand the science of what's happening because it then makes it easier to understand why astrologers think what they do. We all know from science class in school that the moon goes around the earth and the earth and the moon go around the sun. What eclipses really are, are just extra precise new or full moons. So each month we have a new moon as the moon slides in between the earth and the sun and two weeks later we have a full moon as the moon comes around the backside and so the earth is between the sun and the moon. And those are moments when we already in astrology talk about the extra pull of the moon on the earth. So the tides get higher. It affects animal life. Way back in our prehistory, it affected how we as humans interacted because there's a very big difference between being out at night when it's totally dark and being out at night when the full moon is out and you can see what you're doing. It's all the way down into our DNA. The human fertility cycle is even related to this new moon, full moon cycle. In the natural world, we feel it as an intensifying, a a heightening of our experience. And I know, Amanda, you f- feel this yourself, because in, in a way, we've built a lot of the things we do in astrology around this new moon, full moon.
0: Absolutely. I, I think that it's a great gateway into really connecting in with the sky and then also connecting into your the way that you respond to the rhythms. Um, And I've noticed in our community and in my own life, a literal fascination with the moon. It's like once people begin to tune in more into nature and into their own nature, it's really natural to become fascinated with the moon and how it influences our lives. I think there's like this mysterious pull. You know, it's like, I'm fascinated by this. I don't know why, but I just am. Um, And it's really one of the reasons why we align the moon cycles We align our inner circle content and ceremonies and uh, why we align it with the moon cycles. And I I really think part of our disconnect in general, you know, in the world, you know, the the people feel so disconnected. They feel disconnected from themselves. They feel disconnected from their purpose and their meaning and passion and vitality and all those things and from each other is because we're fundamentally disconnected to nature. You know, we're fundamentally disconnected to like what's actually happening um, all around us. And so that just creates this ripple effect of disconnect in general. So for me, you know, when I'm talking to people, it's like, wow, this is really a gateway to to getting more connected to what's happening around you. and And with that comes a greater sense of connection to everything, you know? So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so we know already down into our bones that these new moons and full moons are powerful experiences. Well, eclipses are new and full moons on steroids, so to speak. They are extra, extra intense new moons and full moons. So because the moon's orbit is a little bit tilted, about five degrees, from the where the sun appears to go across the sky, um, you can think of them as like two hula hoops that are interlocking but slightly tilted from one another. And those two places where the hula hoops cross, when the moon and the sun are near those points Once every six months, we have eclipses. So that's just, it's that magical alignment when the moon is not passing above the sun or below the sun, it's actually passing right in front of the sun at a new moon solar eclipse or the moon is passing into the deeper part of the shadow of the earth during a lunar eclipse. And so what we're working with are these moments when one of these bodies is casting a shadow On the other one. So, in the case of a new moon solar eclipse, what's happening as the moon goes in front of the sun, some place on Earth is being caught in the shadow. And if it's a partial eclipse, it's just slightly in shadow. But if it's a total eclipse, what happens is the sky gets so dark that not only is the sun blotted out, but the stars reappear. The animals think that they're going to sleep. The sound gets strange. It is a visceral experience to see the sun disappear at a time when you know, it doesn't usually disappear. In the case of a lunar eclipse, m- a much larger section of the Earth gets to see them. Um, so in the case of the one that's just coming up on this weekend, the enti- almost the entire Western Hemisphere will be able to witness this event. But what happens is the moon, as the moon goes into the darker part of the Earth's shadow called the Earth's umbra, it takes on this reddish glow that is represented by all of the sunrises and sunsets happening all around the planet at that moment. And it casts that redness from the atmosphere all the way out to the moon. And it looks like it's just been dipped in this orangey reddish bloody color hence we call it a blood moon eclipse and so we can see where astrologers get the linkage between a moment out of time as maurice Fernandez says uh, because it's kind of like that message that you get on the radio every once in a while we interrupt this regularly scheduled program to make you a message from our sponsors and it's one of those interrupting moments that gives us pause to bring us to move inside of ourselves into that dreaming space and reimagine our worlds if we honor the experience. So you can see how all of this stuff that happens in what, we, what astrologers call eclipse season, it's the space between eclipses and a little bit on either side of them. You can imagine a lot of clients come to us more frequently as they, as they ask questions like, what's going on and what kind of energy is creating all of this? I think we may do more work around eclipses than other things, even if we don't always recognize it as such. It would be really fun for
0: any of you who are practicing astrologers for you to start charting that. Like, let us know, like, is that true? Do you see an influx of, of people requesting readings around eclipses? Actually, it's so funny. After I had hula class last night and one of my hula sisters came up to me afterwards and was like, can you find me an astrologer? Like, do you know a good astrologer for me? I'm like, of course I do. But you know we
1: we are in eclipse portal, and I had that experience last night. <laughs> so e- eclipses go even deeper still. Now, as I said, we, it's this special alignment of sun and moon and earth. And so, as I said earlier in the episode, there's a special phrase in astrology that you might have heard: "As above, so below." But you may not have heard the full quote. So the quote actually comes from a, um, a a document that's central to alchemy called the Emerald Tablet. So I thought I'd share it with you so that you could see the bigger picture. And the quote goes, That which is below is like that which is above, and that which is above is like that which is below, to do the miracle of the one thing. And as all things have been and arose from the one meditation of one, so all things have their birth from the one thing by adaptation. The sun is the father, the moon is the mother, the wind carries it in its belly, and the earth is its nurse. Donna, so unpack that a little bit. <laughs> I got a little bit
0: lost. What do, I mean, what do you think that's actually saying? I get the whole above and below thing, but you know, cut the miracle of the only one thing and the meditation of one and all that
1: can you just put that in english for us uh, yes of course um so those who created astrology saw the universe as something that on one level we are all one we are all one at that central point of divinity and yet they looked around them and we see diversity everywhere so one of their main questions for how to live was how in the world do we get from this cosmic oneness to the plethora of things that we see around us. And they thought about it as a process where one thing creates another thing and that those two things create multiple things and so on and so on. And so by that process that they called emanations, all things were created. The symbolism starts with, in alchemy and in astrology, with the sun and the moon. That as we go from one, the next thing is obviously two. And from two, we start a creative process and on a, on a human level, you know, you put one, uh, you put a mom and a dad together and you get baby. And it's that process of generation that, you know, brings about new worlds. And so all of a sudden, reading it this way, we realize that, oh, oh my goodness, no wonder they have seen eclipses since the beginning uh, that humans started looking up at them as a powerful union of the yang principle, the masculine principle, the solar principle, and the yin side, the lunar side, the feminine side, and bringing them together in new ways gives us an opportunity to change our reality at the deepest levels. And so it's No surprise that eclipse imagery is not only all through astrology, it's also all the way through alchemy. If you look at some of these amazingly beautiful alchemical tests with all of their illustrations, you will see the sun and the moon coming together. You'll see images of eclipses as a part of our process, a part of taking the mantle as creative beings and and so naturally, we are drawn to these moments because our very, our very cellular nature understands, understands more deeply than maybe our minds do, that we are entering a portal, that we are entering the, this liminal space in between that's not just day, it's not just night, it's both at the same time. And what does that mean for us? Donna, I remember being so delighted when I walked into
0: a Hawaiian uh, museum in Lahaina, here on Maui, and I saw the, the Hawaiian like creation story, you know, the creation chant actually. In the graphic that was above this, this story was an image of an eclipse. I was like, wow. I mean, it literally goes across cultures, across time, and is recognized as what you're talking about this, this pivotal moment of creation for all of us. So if we think about what that means in our lives, like at that micro level, it's like, wow, okay, this is a potent moment in time. And my choices, my thoughts, my actions, my behaviors, they're creating a ripple effect for my future. You know, they're creating. Yes, thank you, Chris, the Kumulipo. I'm sorry, our, our producer just sent that into me. Um, the Kumulipo is exactly the story that I am referring to. So, um, yeah, it, it is potent, you guys. So, so again, I think this, This I love your, your um, idea, Donna, of, Thinking of this time as almost like a dream state, where we're getting access to those shadowy parts of ourselves, to the hidden, darker aspects. That you know, if you think about it, all creation comes from those dark places. The womb is dark. You know, the, the 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 fertile soil is dark. That's
1: where creation starts. Exactly. And you know, if you think about it, when we even use the metaphor of light and dark, what's our primary metaphor for that? It's day and night. Because the day is light and the night is dark. And what are the rulers of the day and night? The sun and the moon. I mean, this they sounds they sound so obvious when you say it that way. But because in our modern culture, we weren't taught to think in those terms, um, it's not something that might strike us like just off the top of our heads. But we're really talking about moments when the day, what makes us conscious, what, what enables us to see things clearly. That's the light. And the dark, the moon, the soft places where we feel our way through the dark, where we are in shadow, where they come together. And at its heart, uh, astrology may have lots of different impressions in our modern world. Really, it is a science of integration. It's all about the rhythm of nature. And what is rhythm? Rhythm is moving from one side to the other, weaving back and forth. And as we move back and forth. We're weaving those different parts of ourselves back together again. There's so much science out now in the world. I was just reading um, Dr. Daniel Siegel's book, Mindsight, which is amazing, where he talks about the nature of mind as literally being that mediating factor that brings us into wholeness by weaving together, by integrating these two polarities in ourselves, And so, moments like eclipses, where we are, by our very nature of looking up, witnessing these two polarities come back together, you know, that's an astonishing movement for our evolutionary path. And you can even go further than that. You don't think that's enough. Modern science, as we have come to understand how eclipses work, and I I don't want to go into too much detail, but they, they do come in cycles. eclipses every eclipse is part of a family. Those families are called sorrow cycles, and there's usually 72 on average in the cycle. Eclipses come in pairs. They start at the North Pole, and some start at the South Pole, and they integrate one North Pole, South Pole, North Pole, South Pole. And if you watch them as they move across the planet, because every eclipse in the series will move a little further up or down um, the planet, what they're building within themselves over these vast cycles of time, this 2,600 years for one of those sorrow cycles, 20 of them makes an entire uh, turning of the cosmic wheel, so to speak, moving through all of the astrological ages. The pattern, the lattice they're building, looks exactly like the flower of life pattern, which has its roots historically as tapping into the very mathematics of the cosmos that causes growth, and shows us it's the same mathematics that guides how seashells are made or how branches sprout from trees that fi- that rich fibonacci sequence numbers all of that is encoded into eclipse mathematics it is sacred geometry at the deepest levels so it's not just me saying oh as above so below let's just look at what's physically happening in the sky it's as above what's happening at the actual code at the heart of reality itself. And then it took me a while. I I, I, Amanda's mentioned the Eclipse course that we did in 2017 to help people get prepared. So as I was doing the work to do the introduction for that course, the more I learned about eclipses, the more I thought, we can't put this on the sideline in astrology anymore. It has to be something that people learn at the beginning of astrology because there's such powerful possibilities for growth and evolution, not just for individuals, but also for collective society because it's an experience we all share. We all are under the same sky. Everyone in the Western Hemisphere is going to see this eclipse that's coming up in a few days. And so what does that mean for for our society to share these moments of collective evolution. Amanda, can you imagine what the world would be like if we as a culture got together and honored these sacred turning moments together rather than just allowing ourselves to fall to the lowest common denominator?
0: Oh my gosh. I mean, the the it's limitless. And, and as you're speaking, it's like, wow, the mystery of this just goes deeper and deeper and deeper every time I hear about eclipses every time we talk about them. It's like, wow, this is, it's a lot more profound than I think any of us uh, really realize. And so as this eclipse is coming this weekend, it's like, even just sitting with that mystery and sitting with the awe, whether or not you can see it, it doesn't even matter. It's happening. So we want to address on this episode, how, you know, how do you work with the themes that eclipses bring up? How do you take this? cosmic, mysterious happening and turn it into an opportunity for transformation. So
1: let's start going there too. Well, we wouldn't be Astrology Hub if we didn't have some practical tools for you to work with. Um, So uh, once again, these eclipses work on multiple levels. And the basic level is to spend some time watching the eclipses. I'm a big fan of just making space and allowing the energies of the cosmic experience itself to guide how you move through it. And it's it's not an intellectual solution, but it's sometimes the most powerful solution. For those of you who want to watch the Blood Moon Lunar Eclipse, um, and so that means that this is a total lunar eclipse that is happening um, between uh, the 20th and 21st of January, where it's happening around your world is going to depend on the location you live on the planet. So you can easily go to the timeanddate.com website. They have this amazing service where you can put in the location on Earth that you live and it will tell you whether you can see the eclipse or not and how, uh, how tight it will be, where in the sky it will be, what time you go out to watch it. For example, here in Austin, Texas, um, the eclipse is happening in about the middle of the night. So I know I need to mark on my calendar to go plan to spend from like 11 o'clock at night to 12 o'clock at night if I want to cross my fingers and hope there'll be no clouds. But you can do the same thing. And I know, Amanda, you and I share this, that there is just something magical about being under the light of these events when they happen.
0: I have never known that the reason why it's red is because it's reflecting did you say the sun rises and the sunsets
1: that are happening? Yes. That is the cool yeah. So think about it. Think about what an eclipse, if you, were, if you were on the moon when an eclipse is happening, just imagine what it would be like to see the earth move across the face of the sun. That's what would be happening from the moon's perspective. And so what's happening is the light from the sun is moving through that, that thin little edge that the earth is surrounded with, that air that gives us the ability to breathe and support life, the life-giving part of the earth. And we see that here on earth when the sun is setting, it turns the world that rosy orange color. But just think every single rosy orange colored sunset and sunrise on the planet is shedding its light back on the moon. Oh, that's the coolest thing ever. I love that. And
0: think, even just thinking about, wow, that like, is symbolizing beginnings and endings all over the world that theme of beginnings, beginning of the day, the newness, the hope, the optimism and the end of the day, the the time to reflect and have gratitude and look
1: back and and cherish, you know, it's it's all happening at the same time. And the literal space between day and night. I mean that's what that's what a sunset and a sunrise is. It's the moment, that twilight space, which has always, always been revered in magical cultures because the in-between places are times when things get interesting when the veil is thinner and souls can move between one and the other. And again, back why it's like a dream world where we have access to these creative spaces in new and profound ways. Mm, So magical.
0: Okay. So one of the other themes that we know because it's taking the literal thing that's happening in the sky and then applying it to our life is the
1: shadow element. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, You know, when we, start to unite these different aspects of ourselves, it actually becomes more difficult to talk about in some ways. I mean, I know from, from my own process of being in therapy that it's one thing to you know say, oh, when I had this experience, I felt sad. It's a whole different thing to actually sit with the feeling of sadness or grief and feel them and allow them and allow yourself to be in the experience. And a shadow is a term that, you know, Carl Jung coined in the work that he was doing in transpersonal psychology It's really all the bits of ourselves that we perhaps don't want to see, that we push off to the sides or we hide under the bed. Literally, when you go under the bed, that's where you stick your shadows, right? Or in the closet, or it's things that we haven't, we haven't allowed ourselves to experience yet. We just haven't, another psychologist like to say things like, you can't know what you don't know until you know it. There's some things that we just aren't aware of yet. Those are also you know, part of our shadow selves. And so to work with shadow requires, you can't think yourself into working with shadow. You can allow yourself to experience shadow. You can create spaces in your life to work with shadow. You can set aside time to meditate and see what emerges from the darkness when you work in shadow. You can spend time you know, focusing on mindfulness exercises but it's something that has to emerge on its own. You can't, you can't schedule it. Okay, here, 3 o'clock, I'm going to work with shadow right now and I'm going to reveal everything in it. Uh, I, wish, I wish it would work that way, but it just doesn't. Um, and so we're working at, again, time out of time, works on a different kind of schedule. So there are some great work books in the world. On All you got to do is you know, go on Amazon and you know, look up uh, working with shadow. You know, the great thing about astrology is a couple days ago when we were in eclipse season, I got an advertisement for a book on working with your shadow from my um, my book service, BookBub. So it's called Owning Your Own Shadow, Understanding the Dark Side of the Psyche by Robert Johnson. And uh, it's just, you know, it's amazing how things work. All of a sudden the books on shadow just appear because it's eclipse season. So a book like that, and I know Amanda, I think you had a couple that you recommend as well. Well, yeah,
0: I, I wanted to just echo what you just said about how You know, making like we can't really be like, okay, I'm gonna do my shadow work today. And because it's eclipses, I'm gonna do shadow work. I mean, I think it's important for us to be aware and, like you said, make space for recognizing and embracing and working with the shadow elements that are coming up and just noting that right now during eclipse season, we have a unique opportunity to see more of that. And so, one of the books that I was gonna recommend to any of you out there who have gone through divorce or who are going through divorce is something called Spiritual Divorce by Debbie Ford. And the truth is, any of Debbie Ford's books are going to be shadow-related. So check out all of her work if you haven't already. But I'd love to just share a little personal experience about shadow because the, the thing is, it's like, well, why would I want to do that? Like, why would I re- want to do shadow work? It's scary. It's it's like threatening. It's ominous. Like, it just doesn't sound very fun, you know? So I think that the thing to, to note is that there's so much Power in that integration process of the light and the dark, and even just that visual. What Donna was painting with the the tapestry and with you know the DNA and the Fibonacci sequence and all these things that are showing the power of creation that happens in that integration. So it's worth it, even though it's you know it can it can feel heavy, but it doesn't have to, you know. But I just wanted to share you know a, a, a really powerful time in my life that. I got to see my shadow was when I was going through divorce. And when I was growing up, I remember having a fear of my parents' divorce. Like if they would even get in a fight, I'd be like, Oh my God, I hope my parents don't get divorced. It was like the worst thing in the world that I could imagine. And they've been married for 50 years. So it was like an unfounded fear for me, but it was so scary to me, even as a little girl. And then when I got married, I would have this recurring dream that, we would get divorced or that he would leave me or that something would happen where I would be left alone with two girls. And it was, it was this, uh, foreshadowing because this is exactly what happened. You know, later in my life, it's about three years ago, I did go through a divorce and I have two little girls and I don't have that recurring dream anymore, anymore, which is so fascinating, but it was literally like I inherited this debt, this, this fear of being left alone. And being, you know, even like things came up from the shadows, like terms, like used goods, you know, like I don't ever have that conscious thought, but that was like somewhere there in the psyche as I was going through the process of divorce, like, oh no, now I'm used goods. Like, what is that? Where did that even come from? Or like this visual of being this like alone lady with, with curlers in my hair and cats everywhere it's like we have these shared shadowy subconscious fears i don't know if any of you have had that one but it's like i'm i've never had a cat like I'm, I'm actually more of a dog person i don't know why that's the visual it's like some of these things in our shadow or in our psyche are like planted you know and then when we when we bring them to light you realize that wow like i'm not alone actually more people have those fears and those thoughts than i actually thought and and i think that so much of the shadow that we work with is ancestral you know it's deep it's buried it's inherited it's in our dna it's in that you know that that structure you know in our bodies so so much healing for me has come to light through that process that painful process that shadowy moment in my life that you know in many ways i call the dark night of the soul but it's through that, I can actually—I was actually able to see so many of those elements of myself and really have compassion and really integrate them into who I am and and be able to be here today talking about it with lightness, you know, and, and actually with a smile on my face. When I grew up with like this deep fear, it was like a deathly fear, you know. So I think there's so much power for us in in really facing that shadow and seeing that it's not as scary or as ominous as we've always thought. I I sometimes think of it as like those cartoon characters where like there's the mouse in front of the projector, putting the, the big scary monster on the wall, but then you, you turn out, turn on the lights and you realize it was just a mouse, like appearing to be scary. (laughs) And I think that's, that's, you know, for so many of us, that's the opportunity, you know, to just like have that experience of facing those aspects of ourselves, embracing them, loving them, bringing compassion and light to them. And then, uh, Integrating
1: them into ourselves to become more of who we are. Yeah, I I spent you know a lot of time in therapy for healing trauma, and in a way, modern trauma therapy is our our version of what shamans have been doing for thousands of years. Which um, in a shamanic culture is called soul retrieval, and the way they think about it in in shamanic cultures, or at least the way I like thinking about it, is our mind is like a river that keeps flowing and flowing and circling. And when we are in moments where we have been traumatized by life, whether it's this life or some previous life, what happens to that soul energy, it's like it hits like a rock or a split in its stream. And all of a sudden, the soul's energy goes like it fragments and it goes like in two paths simultaneously. And so it either stream doesn't have access to all of the energy. And this is where we set up the process of creating shadows because the one, you, you're in one of them, but you look at the other one and the other one that you, you're not claiming anymore is, is your shadow. And so the healing work comes from being able to reclaim those parts of ourselves that have been split off and gotten stuck in like little edd- eddies or little puddles or frozen. And as we reintegrate them and bring them back together, the whole organism is more whole, And that's what the healing is. That's why you can have this feeling of lightness because it's not like you're working at 60% capacity anymore. You're back to having 100% of your energy flowing together. And once you have that, think of how creative you are now. Think of how much more creative you would be if you had all those those disparate parts of yourselves reintegrated. What kind of magic we could create if we could start reclaiming those shadowy bits of ourselves to give us, you know, access to our full co-creative potential. Mm,
0: very nice, Donna. I love that. You know, uh, there's, there's another person doing some great shadow work uh, and offering workshops and retreats and things and his name's Robert Masters. So you can check him out too. But yeah, if you're interested in going deeper, there's, there's lots of resources, there's lots of support. And like Donna said, having access to that energy is, going to change your reality and change your thoughts and change your experience on a day-to-day basis. And again, the reason why we're talking about this right now is because of the eclipse energy and because it there really is a unique opportunity to, to look at these aspects of ourselves.
1: And of course, if you want to see this, how it affects you specifically, I mean, on one level, it affects all of us. It's happening in the sky. We can all see it. This, we are all under the same sky. But in astrology, there are ways and tools to be able to look specifically at how an eclipse affects you personally. And not all astrological events affect every person at the same level of intensity because some of us are more tuned into particular events than others just because of the way our our own birth. Our own birth signature, our own, um, our own—the way our system is tuned. Some some eclipses will vibrate with us more strongly, and so that's what astrologers can do. They can take your birth signature and they can compare it to the signature of the particular eclipses, and they can see which parts of your life it's impacting the most. And when they can see that, then you can dive in and know which areas need the most focus. That doesn't mean you absolutely need it, but it does. That's one of the ways astrology really can help us to live our life more consciously by having kind of like a little searchlight that enables us to go, oh yeah, it's happening here. And it's not that you get to not go to therapy. It's that instead of taking five years to go to therapy, you can use astrology to mean that you have six months of therapy or a year of therapy in order to do the same same work you would have taken five years to do it without that searchlight. Speaking of, if you didn't
0: catch our episode with Giselle Terry, astrologer and psychotherapist, that we released last week, check it out because she talks about this very same thing how astrology and psychology really can combine to create powerful, powerful opportunities for healing. So, um, you know, check that out. Donna, anything else that we want to leave the audience with for this particular period of time, this particular eclipse season
1: that we're in right now? Well, as eclipses go, the eclipse that's happening this weekend is a very strong eclipse. So even people who may not be used to feeling eclipses may be feeling it now. And the reason it's such a very strong eclipse is, first of all, it's total. Um, and sometimes we have partial eclipses, sometimes we have total. The total ones are just more intense by their, by their nature. Not only is it a total eclipse, it's what's called a supermoon and a supermoon is just a, a, a term that astronomers use that was actually created by the astrologer Richard Noll. Um, so it's the first astrology word that made a crossover in like 400 years. A supermoon means that the moon is at the closest part to its cycle in its in its monthly cycle to the Earth when the full moon is happening, which means that the moon appears. Uh, approximately 15% larger and 30% brighter than it would under normal circumstances. And so naturally, the tides are even that much higher than they would normally be. So not only is it an extra precise full moon, it's an extra precise full moon at its closest approach to the Earth in its orbit. So it's really a doozy. Plus, it's also happening at the first degree, at zero degrees of the astrological sign of Leo. And Leo, as if you remember back to the eclipse, the great American eclipse that we had a few years ago was also in Leo. And Leo rules the heart. And so truly, our hearts are on the line when it is a lunar eclipse at the zero degree, the very, very first degree of a sign that rules the heart. So a lot of people are experiencing things that have to do with the heart, opening the heart, all the relationship issues that come with opening your heart or feeling this deep purging of these heart-centered wounds that we've experienced in the past, trying to find healing by clearing out that kind of energy. And it's happening in so many places. I don't know. I mean, Amanda, I know I hear it all the time, but then I'm an astrologer. But I I think a lot of people are feeling it, even ones who don't normally think about astrology. I definitely agree with you on that, Donna. It's it's an intense time. So
0: I I would love to just share a few resources for those of you who do want to go further and your understanding of eclipses. We have, uh, we've referred to a couple of times during this episode, the Eclipse Mastery Course that we did in 2017. That is available. So for any of you that want to check out that course, it was featuring six astrologers uh, Bernadette Brady's one of them. And the really the leaders in eclipse research in the astrological community are represented on that panel and are the teachers of that course. So check that out. We'll put the link in the show notes. One more reminder about the 2019 forecast event. You can get the support if you are into it, feeling some intensity. This event is so inspiring And you'll feel the connection and the support of this global community that is gathered for this forecast event. So check that out, astrologyhub.com slash 2019. We'll put the link to that in the show notes. And then also for those of you who are listening and going, huh, I would love to know how eclipses affect my chart, or I would love to know how this eclipse series or the next eclipse series is going to affect my chart. We do have a list of recommended astrologers. So you can check that out. We'll put the link for that in the show notes as well. And these are all the astrologers that have been our inner circle guides throughout the last couple of years. And they're amazing. So you have those resources at your fingertips. If you have never had a reading or if you are ready for another reading, check that resource out as well.
1: And Amanda, we should forget our um, moon magic course. Every new and full moon, we have a we have a special free PDF that people can download that gives you um, some hints on how to work with that lunar energy really well. And it has um, suggestions for flower essences, for homeopathic rem- remedies to help you work with lunar intensity. And so does the um, little moon magic mini course, and with lots of meditations. All of that stuff, all of that lunar working with lunar intensity is exactly what you're going to need to work with eclipses. And it's not designed to, if you're not an astrologer, it's still really useful information. Like the Eclipse Mastery course is really designed for astrologers. But moon magic isn't. And so that might be a great place for people to start. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you received something valuable for your journey today. And just a reminder, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, it would be a great idea to do so. If you're getting value out of the podcast, when you subscribe, you will be notified every time we post a new episode. So you can look forward to Monday's episode, which will be the forecast for next week. And then the following week, we have a really exciting interview that we did with astrologer David Cochran, who is one of the leaders, like on the cutting edge of astrological research. So for any of you out there going, gosh, this all sounds great. It resonates. I think it's probably true, but I would love to see some research to back up (laughs) everything that we talk about here. David Cochran is literally such a visionary, such a leader in that field. So check out next week's episode. We talk about some really interesting things. Also addressing how to talk about astrology to the people that you love in your life who are like skeptical and, you know, maybe even more than skeptical, (laughs) naysayers maybe. Um, So we talk about that as well, and it'll be a really great episode for you to tune into. Donna, thank you so much for being here today. It has been wonderful to talk about eclipses and shadows and all these amazing themes and opportunities that we have to explore right now.
1: My pleasure as always, Amanda.
0: And thank you, everybody out there for tuning in, for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on Monday's episode, our forecast for the week. Planning a trip? Ready to buy a home or fall in love? find out if this is the year for you to do it when you tune into astrology hub's fourth annual new year forecast marathon featuring 12 world-class astrologers as they reveal the most important energies of the year month by month go to astrologyhub.com/forecast to reserve your free spot today again go to astrologyhub.com/forecast to join the most comprehensive online new year astrological forecast in the world today Thanks for listening to this episode of the Astrology Hub Podcast. We can't wait to continue exploring with you and bringing you astrology's most practical wisdom so you can live your life on purpose. We'll catch you on the next episode.
1: Hi, this is Chris Kaplan, the producer of the Astrology Hub podcast. This episode is over, but check the show notes for links to products and services you've heard about during this episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and rate using the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts.